uh, let's move on to our final topic, which is martial arts stuff. And with the announcement of our final topic as being martial arts stuff, uh, we welcome our martial arts stuff listeners. Hello, martial arts listeners! Uh, if... will start. It's going to start at zero. Because the equipment was torn asunder. Yeah, in my in my harried departure to the bathroom. Yes. I accidentally kicked the cord out. So, Oh, let's anyway. check this. Check, check, check it. One, two, line. three. Check it. One, that two, three. Mike. No, it's supposed to be line or is that supposed to be mine? It's supposed to be line. Is it still, did they get switched when I kicked it out? I don't think so. You want to check just to make sure? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can't tell. It's not oh, yeah, light. that's still lying. We're there. Okay, We're so. So, martial arts stuff, listeners. Woo! Uh, let's give out our web address again. www.podzor.com. P-O-D-X-O-R dot C-O-M for those that can't spell com. In case you're taking one too many kicks to the head. If, uh, you know what? If you like the show, don't send us any money. Go up and put a comment up on iTunes. Yes. That's comments are free. Comments are free and easy to do. Right. Especially if you have iTunes and stuff. Right. You can do it while you're listening to this podcast. That's right. Uh, unless you're in the car. Well, then, you may have a mobile device and you can still do it while and, you're in there. That's right. And if you do have a car, call. If, okay. Say you're on the way to work. All right. Right? This is a good tip, too. Right? This is a life hack. <laughs> say you're on your way to work. And you need to remind yourself to do something when you get to work. Yes. Call your voicemail. Leave yourself a message. Perfect. Generally, you don't even have to listen to it when you get back to work. You just know what it is. Right. So if you're in the car, pick up your cell phone. Die horribly in an accident while you're talking. Right. Blame us. We'll be in the press. We'll get a lot of publicity. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See? It's like an E-string. It is. So you tie around your finger. An, an E-string. E-string. Right? Yes, and a you string. You tie a string around yes. your finger to remind yourself to do something. So you call your voicemail. And an E-string. It's like a digital string to tie around your finger. Yes. I just okay. like the sound of E-string. I do too. <laughs> uh, okay. Or dig us. Go out to dig.com. Right. Do a little searchy search for uh, martial arts stuff or martial arts or Podzor. P-O-D-X-O-R. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, so okay. anybody who's still around can now listen to the actual wow. content. Hey, we don't ever advertise. So advertising for ourselves, I'm okay with. That's true, we don't advertise. And how far... See, we're really only two minutes into this show. Right. Without getting Well, that's two content. minutes of their lives they'll never get back. No, that's, that's a true. really long two minutes. Well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you that are listening to the Martial Arts Stuff podcast, mm-hmm. my wife is with us, who I don't think has been a part of the Martial Arts section of our podcast and we've all been drinking and we've all been drinking yes we have so you just never know what's going to happen you get alcohol right this episode free alcohol free alcohol we can't charge for it because that's illegal we'll pour it into the microphone and you can just suck on the speaker (laughs) (laughs) go 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 go. yeah Uh, mm. Ah, same time beer 
so what do we got on the agenda today? What do we got? We got a couple things on the agenda today. I would like to make a specific mention of, uh, I believe it's Paul. Who, ha- who I Paul and I? You mentioned Howard last week. I wanted to mention ha- Paul this week. Okay. Uh, he is a part of the Karate Cafe gang. Oh, cool. Uh, he is starting his own school in Texas. Oh, uh, cool. And I kind of I, I can't quite remember the name, but he's got a MySpace account, and you know if if you you want to find him and you're in Texas, listen to Karate Cafe. It's a good podcast anyway, uh, and you can find him through there. Uh, so, and I believe he's on. The KarateCafe.com website. So, uh, it's a good guy, and we've been talking about insurance, and he's got the same deal as us. Uh, I, th- I think he's got the same deal as us, where he's renting a room from a studio, uh, and you know, so we've been just chatting back and forth, and he's been real cool about all that stuff. So, very cool. The other related thing I'd like to mention is Karate Cafe is back on the air. So, for all of you podcast snobs. <laughs> who have deleted your feed because they didn't have an episode for now, two months. Now, you have to explain why you're saying that. Because these guys may not have oh, that's right. to the pod. So Sterling and I had an extensive discussion about our infrequent podcast and that people may delete our feed because we only podcast once every two weeks or so. Right. Now. Lately. Right. And I never delete feeds because because you're a pack rat. Because I'm a pack rat, and I don't just don't bother to. If, right, you know that's true. Yeah, I, mean, I see. Confirmed by the wife. See, now this is my thing, right? I delete the ones I've listened to. So if the feed doesn't generate any more shows, then I don't have anything that's tying up my system because there are no more shows anyway. But but it still sits there empty. What? Calling <laughs> out. Download me. <laughs> So just get rid of it. All right. Got a clean house on No, house. don't get rid of it. Anyway. Well, anyway, if you did get rid of it, get it back. Get it back. Because uh, it's a good show. It's really geared towards karate, Okinawan traditional karate, but mm. they do talk about a lot of other stuff, and it's uh, always a good show. Cool. So, that's it for the show today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we have two things. Um, and I don't know, we have the a... a Dojo Diary update. Yes. And we have another topic that I called the scanning brain. And I don't know, which do you want to do first? Let's do the scanning brain. The scanning first. brain. So I kind of got inspired uh, by an Alan Watts podcast that I was listening to, and he's sort of a philosophical dude. And he was talking about how the human brain works. And generally, we are trained to scan our environment. Very rarely are people trained to sort of consume the general environment around them without focusing on a very particular thing. When you think about reading, for example, generally most people read line by line from left to right. Right. Not everybody. Not everybody, but but most people read that way. Yeah. And so, uh, and and even if even if you read sort of entire sentences at a time. You're still scanning from top to bottom of the page. Right. Unless you read the entire page at once, and then that's just cool. Right. So, <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's a learned skill. I mean, to. Oh, yeah. For sure. My friend Matt, when he reads books, he literally just looks at a page, flips it, looks at a page, flips it, looks at a page, flips it, and he just. He can consume information through just a visual scan of the page, 
and he picks up the just everything and, and he can read books super fast and he wow. knows everything that happened too and you ask him questions and he'll answer the questions it's very odd but that's a skill you can actually train yourself to do you can learn how to do that wow yeah so um, I was thinking about that idea and thinking about how it related to martial arts and especially fighting and sparring in that when it's very difficult when you're sparring with someone or fighting with someone to not focus your attention on one particular thing. Yeah. In that a lot of the training involves, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a general tendency to look at, at like around people's chest area so that I can kind of have an overall view of all of their weapons per se mm. that is also and I very rare them I very rarely sort of look them in the eyes because when you look somebody in the eyes it's hard to see their feet it is so you've yeah. got to look a little so you well, look center of mass and the eyes have a weird ability to kind of pull you into them and I and know you some don't of the want that right. you need to be more generally focused and some of the really really good people what they will do is they will look somewhere else. They'll, they'll look to the right and strike with their left. Right. Because they see you following their eyes. <clears throat> um, so I just, I, I know that some of the exercises that I've done in my class past have, have sort of focused on that idea of situational awareness, I guess we could call it. Right. Um, and when you think about it from a self-defense aspect, if you're walking to your car at night and you're walking to your car and you're looking at your car and that's the only thing you're focused on while you're walking to your car, that's generally a bad idea. That's a very bad idea. So, again, it goes back to sort of retraining your brain a little bit to to, to consume the entire area. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and... I think one of the most interesting exercises that I learned when uh, when I was getting flying lessons so long ago yep. is that when you take a, when you look at your instruments when you're flying, at least this is how, what my instructor taught me, is a lot of people, especially when they're driving or something, they'll look at their instruments. If you want to know how fast you're going, you look down, you look at your gauge, you go oh, I'm driving 70, and then you look back up. Right. And what my instructor taught me to do as a pilot is you look down and you look up. Then your brain processes what you saw without you staring at it. Right. So you have less time with your eyes away from the windscreen. Yep. And your brain can do this, and it's not really that tough because you have a wow. mental picture of what that readout looked and that's like, why even younger, though you're not looking at it. That's why younger drivers typically more insurance and more accident prone is because they haven't figured that part out yet. Yeah. Most people, as you get more experience, you realize that you don't. You glance at things and that's it. You glance at things and, and re refocus right. your attention. And so I would even say, you know, walking to your car at night, you can be sort of looking back and forth. And again, it's this halfway between. You know, you, you, you could say, well, I'm scanning back and forth. But what you're doing is you're trying to consume the entire space. Right. 
And so you scan back and forth, and you don't really stare at any one thing or keep your attention on anything. This is not like you're going to miss your car. It's not going to be walking because I'm not staring at my car. Ooh, I walked right, right by my car. I'll get it. Well, and and I think what is, and, and and I don't know if this is good or bad, but I think the idea is is that if there were someone standing in an alleyway ahead of you or off to the side, and if you were sort of scanning your area. You wouldn't necessarily have to stare, stare at that person to know they're there. Right. You would look, you could look away, and your mind would click afterwards to say, oh, you know what? Something was there. I just realized something was over there. And then you can maybe turn your focus towards it a little bit more. I think the same thing happens with sparring. In that what you don't want to do is go hand, hand, foot, foot, hand, hand, foot, foot. Right. Because you establish a pattern, first of all. Well, yeah. But... You can't, your, your brain can't scan that fast. No. You've got to just consume the whole thing. One of the exercises right. that, um, that, uh, well, two of them I thought that were interesting is this idea of the man in the middle. So you get one guy in the middle, you get a circle of people around him, which are the other students in the, in the dojo, and essentially they come at all angles. And what you have to do as the person in the middle is you have to pay attention to everything that's going on around you. You can't stare at one particular person. You can't stare at one particular person waiting for them to come at you because they're next, or whatever the case may be. And even when one person comes at you, you don't know what they're going to throw. Right. And back when I was in my Hapkido class, we did this blindfolded. And we did china techniques nice. based on, um, I mean, obviously we didn't do strikes. Right. We did grabs. So someone would, you would be blindfolded and someone would come up and grab your shoulder or grab your arm or the your hair on the back of your head or something like that. Right. And you would have to instantly react to it. And a lot of times you can tell because a foot falls and my instructor would always fake us out by stomping on the ground. And... I remember one instance that was that was very disorienting for me is that um, we had uh, a couple of women in the class, and I was in the middle, and he came up, and he was he was not a bigger guy, but he was pretty strong. He came up and hard clamped his arm, clamped his hand onto my shoulder, and then sw- as I was turning around switched her out switched him out for her so now all of a sudden I've got to instantly adjust my reaction based on body weight and size and all that stuff and that really freaked me out so I guess more than anything else the topic that I wanted to just just cover a little bit was that people should be thinking about that when they're sparring or when they're walking to their car is that situational awareness whether it be in a self-defense situation, walking to your car, or whether it's sparring, is always a good thing to have. Right. Always a good thing to well, have. Well, I think it's important that um, you be able to split your focus. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are all sorts of things. And we have a thing that we've, we've done forever. So ever since you and I have known each other, we've done this without even really thinking about it. But we'll hang a heavy bag, and 
and we took a piece That's of PVC right. pipe that we wrapped with the you know the the foam the gloves yeah and we put a little glove on the end wrap it all on tape and yep. we hang it off the top of the heavy bag and it kind of hangs down and out yes and you have to focus on attacking the heavy bag while maintaining you know some a focus vigil about this weird kind of arm hanging yeah. off there and, yeah. and the person who's holding the bag will spin the bag and, the and arm whip that around. arm around so you have to split your focus yeah Yep. Because if you're just concentrating on the bag, you yep. inevitably get whacked by this thing. That's right. And we used to do an exercise where um, we draw, we drew a big square around the heavy bag and then split it up into four quadrants. That's right. And the one person, we, we numbered the quadrants one through four. The one person would be hitting the heavy bag and the other person would call out a number one through four. And the person hitting the heavy bag would uh, would have to instantly shift into the quadrant of the number that the non-hitting person called. Right. So you'd have to be exercising and punching the bag and, and practicing good technique, but still have situational awareness to know which one you were on <clears throat> and where the one was that was called out right. and how to get to it. Yep. How to effectively get to it. So that, I guess that that's a, that was a pretty good exercise yeah. for that as well. Yeah. So I think that any exercise you do where you have to split your focus up yeah. helps in that because yep. it makes you, it forces you to concentrate on different things simultaneously. Yeah, God, we had some good heavy bag workouts because the other one I remember was we drew concentric rings around the heavy bag. Yeah, and we'd have a a essentially a, a kicking, a punching, and a infighting. Right, and we yeah, a trapping would range. a trapping, and the non heavy bag person would call out a range and the person on the heavy bag would have to then move to that range and it's a much different dynamic when you're in close from when you're out far yes and you've got to have that awareness of where you are and how to get there and how to bridge that gap and actually that's actually a really good martial arts tech tip i guess yeah is um if you have a basement with a cement floor and you're open you have a heavy bag section get a piece of chalk chalk it up Chalk the area up around your yep. heavy bag for your drills. It works great, and yeah. you can always wash it off later if you want to, but chalk's a pretty good way to do it. You don't have to worry about tape, and you can draw circles and all that kind of stuff. Well, and it's, you know, uh, the concentric rings, how they split your focus is that you we made it so that our, our rules, quote-unquote, were that you had to stay in the ring. Right. So <clears throat> as far as splitting your focus... You had to hit the heavy bag and make sure it didn't knock into you. And at the same time, you had to stay in that ring. Yep. And when that ring, that smallest ring was fucking small. It was really small. Yeah. Uh, so it's, again, you know, splitting up your awareness. Right. So that's kind of it. That's all I've got for that topic. you have anything else? Any other no, exercises I mean, that's, that's or anything? A good, uh, yeah. No, I think that's a good thing to just be that overall. Be cognizant is, of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've also, I forgot about this, I've been watching uh, the World Combat League. Did I talk about this already? You did. The Chuck Norris World Combat League? Yeah, it's hard to it's, say. I remember it's I've, pretty good. We've talked about it a couple times. Yeah, but. it's hard to know. So anyway, it's pretty good. It's interesting. Go watch it. That's it. <laughs> um, uh, so so what, the only other thing we have to talk about is the update for the school. The, the dojo update. Yes. Uh, let's see. Since we last talked, since last you saw our heroes... Um, did we actually know? We we had the place, and that was really about it. Right. Since then, we've we've had our first class, uh, which 
went really well. It went really well. Um, yeah. My wife was one of the students, we and we had two other friends in there, um, so no strangers yet. But it was a lot of fun what we did. Yeah. Uh, and well, and maybe Jen could talk a little bit about what she thought about the class. And... Did you enjoy yourself? Very much. Yeah. Very much. Cool. I know that what Sterling and I, when we walked out of the class, one of the things that we were afraid of is we were like, man. That seemed like it was really boring. When I walked out, I thought, I hope they don't move too much faster. (laughs) (laughs) For me, just getting my feet and hands working together, but I thought you had a really good mix of teaching and walking around and helping us and... Yeah. And and I would say that's that's one of the things that is, in my opinion, a, a key part of teaching is that walking around. Yeah. Is you have to have, you have to have somebody up front doing the demonstration. This is the way it should look, and you have to have one person walking around making those adjustments to people that are not translating the movements accurately. And and I, I thought that was nice. Yeah, I thought you had the perfect blend of repetition with breaks, moving on to something else. Yeah, because the repetition was enough to start to get it. But not so much that by the time we we were moving on to something mm-hmm. else, I was sort of like, God damn it, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just getting sloppy. Yeah. So to move on, but then all of the moments kind of tied in together and yeah. I thought it was good. That actually worked better than I thought. I, I mean, we I tried thought so it was too. so smooth. It really seemed like you guys have been teaching together forever. <laughs> Which is cool. It was very yeah. smooth. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. And and that's one of the things that we really focused on is essentially for the first class we taught a midsection block and a strike. Yep. And moving with those same well, but motions. there were foot movements and and and, and just that's enough to keep it. Yeah. That's so. and and I. Also I enough to go was, home and practice, you yeah. know, more than one thing. That's true. I mean, if I was just practicing the block and strike, I'd do that for five minutes and then stop. Right. But I find myself, you know, walking around and, like, stopping and turning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and it's interesting is we don't think about it because we've been doing this stuff for years now. Right. But blocking and punching and at the moving same time. At all at the same time and, and getting the body moving as <laughs> yeah. one unit is actually is very difficult yeah. to do. And what I found, too, is it's different based on your system. Yes. I mean, I knew how to block, move, and strike in Arnis, but when I got to San Yudo, it was different still. So right. I had to learn how to block, move, and strike all over, all over again, again because we had different movements and there were subtleties that were there that I didn't know before. Yep. Well, and frankly, I think you guys don't even think about it so natural to you just to stand correctly. Yes. I would yeah. find myself getting all stiff and then hunching down too much and then standing yep. up too much and then it, yep. to find a balance to get comfortable yep. in that. It's just such a small thing that yeah. is very natural for you guys but very new for a new student and it really helped to constantly have to get back into the stance and have you guys yeah. correct us, but not too much correction to where you get, you know, a little... To where you feel like you're being picked on? <laughs> I can't do anything right! Frustrated. Fuck you! <laughs> um, I've noticed that one of the things that seems to help is uh, actually two of the things, in my opinion, especially for our art, maybe not so much for like an Okinawan karate art, but is... Telling the students, especially new students, to breathe. Yeah. Because... That is huge for me. I'm not a good... I don't breathe 
correctly. I never have. Well, and most people, well, when they get nervous or stressed out, they, they will hold their breath. They actually Every hold competition their breath. I've ever done, when I used to show horses, about the first round in the ring, I'd just about pass out. Yep. And then I would start to breathe. I just don't breathe well. So you guys would say that, and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I honestly think breathing is the most essential yeah. and the easiest and the hardest thing right. to do. All right. at the same time, it's really odd. I mean, I have trouble breathing properly still to this day. I mean, it's one of those focusing. things. Yeah, and to do it right, and I mean, this is very difficult to do, especially when you start thinking about it. You're like, God, it's just breathing. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is is a good idea is shaking your hands out. If if and and a lot of students, especially new students, and depending on the school. They won't quote unquote break rank. They won't break their technique. Right. If the whole school is doing a technique all in unison, all together, they won't stop doing their technique, shake their hands out, sort of loosen up, and then restart and join the group. And right. I thought that was huge too. And I that kind you guys of did that a couple of times because there were a couple of times I would find my hands getting, and it does kind of help yeah. to just kind of stop and kind of like shake things out and. And I kind and of encourage like, that. It, I, it's like you reset. Right. Well, yeah. and, and maybe one of the things I think is also important to mention in the next class is we did have everybody counting, like individually counting. Yes. And that sort of establishes a deal where you feel like, oh, God, we're on number 10. I got to get it. I got to. Right. You know what I mean? I'm on number five. I got to catch up. And maybe we should mention that, look, if you have to, if we stop and talk to you, it's okay. Don't worry about that you're not on count right. at this point. If you're going to skip two because we're showing you something or because you just need to relax for a second, yep. drop out, get yourself back in the game, and then pick up again. Don't yep. worry. And if you're doing your right side and they're on their left side at this point in time on this no count. No big deal. Don't, you know, we don't <laughs> expect people to right. be in order. You know, we're not, you know, we're not marching here. <laughs> and, and that may be important to bring out because that one of the things, I mean, the counting is important because it gets people to be a little more confident. Yes. But we shouldn't do that to the detriment of them being able to be an individual as well. Well, and I think my, there, there were two ideas behind the counting. Um, and I, and I stole that from my Wing Chun class in that one, it, it gives me a better feel for how much we should do it. Because again, I counted to ten, and I thought to myself, "Eh, maybe another ten, and that'll be good." But I had each of the three students also count to ten, so we did forty repetitions, twenty on each side. And from what Jen and well, what Jen has said is that that was a pretty good amount. Yeah. And that if I had done twenty, maybe it wouldn't have been enough. Um, and so when I th- I have a certain pair of glasses that I see the world through, figuratively, both literally and figuratively. Um, and those are not always the best. So it affords me to sort of go, okay, take it a little bit slower. I would also imagine that for your new students that you don't know, will give you a chance to sort of see what their actual demeanor is and so yeah. much if you have somebody and, and they maybe are kind of one of those quiet people that kind of fades into the background yeah. and they start counting. When I started counting, I was like, one... Too. Yep. And Sterling was like, no, 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 no. You yeah. need to speak up. Yeah. But then, I mean, if you didn't know me at all, you might assume, okay, she's going to need to be pushed a little bit. Right. She's a little shy. Right. She's not yeah. speaking right out. And so then maybe you know the students that need the encouragement. Right. Well, but- and I, th- I think, too, it's a really low barrier to entry of finding your voice. Right. If you ask someone who's shy to kia, they're going to go, kia. <laughs> right. Kia. 
it's going to be it's going to be mousy and no matter how much you try and coax them into doing something like that they just won't do it but if you say just count to 10 out loud right that's all you have to do it makes you comfortable since you're four and everybody else is hearing your own voice in front of a group of strangers and everybody else is counting to 10 so it's not like you're not doing anything that anybody else is doing and not only that interesting enough and jen you pointed this out before was you're not, not then when you're counting you're not just focusing on moving your arms and moving right. your legs. actually it, it distracted me enough your I, focus. I felt your focus. like I was yeah yeah and that's yeah. back to it's what we were talking about before yeah. yeah um we got the flyers out and I must say I did and three a, of them were missing I did a good job on the flyers <laughs> and three of them were missing three people took flyers <laughs> we have no heat in the room yeah we will soon I the heat called today Okay. And he said there's no heat in that room. Oh, shit. I call bullshit on that. I don't know. I'll be glad I, to be the bitchy wife if you want me to and go talk to him. Because that is bullshit. It is way too cold in there. Your muscles can't relax. You can't get warm. You can't. It's true. That was the one thing during the class is I was having a hard time like settling down because I was just like, I'm cold. I need to bounce. Right. Like, well, I talked to him about a space here. So I think he might be part That's of the space There's a great big tube that goes in that room with vents on it. I don't know. That yeah. can't be just for decoration. I think he's, I guess so he's totally trying to take advantage of you because he doesn't want to pay to heat that room. Well, we'll see. bullshit. We'll see. Um, so yeah, I think the first class went well and we're looking, we're... We're all looking forward to the second class and yes. moving yeah. on and just seeing where this yeah. goes. And uh, I'm... Eagerly awaiting the first stranger that yeah. we get in class. Yeah. Someone we um, don't know. And the reason I think that that's a specific challenge to me is that, you know, the, the people that are in class right now, I'm relatively comfortable with. So there's more of a challenge with someone who's totally new to you and me and the system and everything is new. Right. And so... I don't know. I'm and plus it'll just I don't know. It'll it'll feel more official when we don't get uh, people who just are coming because they feel sorry for us. <laughs> when we get when we get non sympathy students. When we get non sympathy students. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, and uh, I think right now we do have a website. Sydaa.com. Uh, we are officially the Sanindo Athletic Association. Yep. And all, all we have up there right now is the flyer. Is the flyer. My brother went up there and looked, and he goes, uh, do you have something with the maps a little clearer? And it's like, ah, uh, it's, it's just a picture of the flyer. It's not. Right. It's coming. It's meant it's, as a placeholder because yeah. we just haven't had a chance to do that yeah, yet. So but we will. We will. And we're having fun in the meantime. Yeah. So that's got to be the that's got to be the primary reason that you do all this because I've done the math on – Oh yeah, I mean the, we're not the doing the thing, and we're not doing. I'm really, I'm hoping to break even. Yeah. So, and to be honest, I've never really. Yeah, I mean that's my my goal here is that the students are paying for the room fee. I mean, and above and beyond that, I don't care. Don't get me wrong. Someday I would like a, you know, twenty five hundred square foot Marshall University where I'm making eighty thousand dollars a year. Wow, but right. But, uh, if that's your point when you're getting into it, no. I don't think you're going to be successful. And it's funny because everybody. I've talked to a lot of people, and they're like, "Oh, you know, can you can you make a lot of money doing that?" And I'm like, "No, no, uh-uh. no." And, and, <laughs> and frankly, if the whole purpose of you wanting to run a martial arts school is to make money, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I, I and 
Yeah, and I guess I guess there are ways that you can. There's the there's the quote unquote McDojos out there that sort of right. just bring people well, in and make and I'm money. I'm saying of it, eventually but, you won't make money at it. I'm saying right. if the reason you are doing right. it. You're not going to be successful. It's akin to, well, I looked at starting a McDonald's and I looked at starting a dojo and I felt the dojo was going to be more, yeah. more, you know, I was going to make more money yeah. than this. You know, it's not that kind of a decision, then, in my opinion, as, not as only the structure of something like the martial arts. Not only that, but there are easier ways to make money in the world. Hell yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you're not, you know, potentially putting somebody's life on the line by telling them something that's not true yep. or teaching them something that's bad. And when, you know, when the shit hits the fan, they do their technique and lo and behold, they're looks, dead. Right. Hello. Yeah, that I think is is actually that's the scary thing. Yeah. It's a about, lot of about teaching martial arts. It's a lot of responsibility. Is that if if you give someone overconfidence, right. then that's a potential that they could really get hurt and that's scary. And there's the thing, it's like I want our students to be confident and Therein, where it's like I'm confident that the stuff that that I know and that we've learned, right. the way we teach, that we can bring up some very good students who are very good at martial arts. And it's that it's that but, key, it's that balance between confidence and humility yes. that is so difficult to sort of to dance on that knife right. edge, you know. Right. Um, and when you have the confidence and and no humility, all you have is ego. <laughs> Whoa, that's too philosophical yeah. for me. It's, it's true, though. Yeah. But I think you're also doing a good job blending that into your class, having them bow in to yeah. the room, having them bow to each other, I think being addressed by yeah. Sensei instead of, hey, Dan, hey, Sterling. Right. I think that is really important. Yep, and so I do I. I think it is, too. And you know what? To be honest, I was kind of like, eh, I'll take it or leave it before we actually started doing the class. But yeah. as you were talking about it during the first class, and kind of maybe maybe about a week before when you talked about it, yep. talked about that, I really started thinking about it, and I and I the more I thought about it, the more I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, I think so too. I think that there's, you know, it's it's funny because I don't know if you listen to Karate Cast or not, not Karate Cafe, but Karate Cast. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about this idea of um, making sh- absolute, having a lot of absolutes about how your students behave towards you as a teacher and that it should be sir or ma'am or sensei and it should be an almost um, religious relationship and I really don't agree with that I mean I think that especially when you walk outside of the dojo you're back to being just people again. Right. You got to be very careful. Do not. I am sorry, but you should not put your instructors on a pedestal. No. And if you're teaching your students to put you on a pedestal, it's a bad, bad, thing. bad, bad. Slap yeah. your hand. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, fighting the man is an important martial. You know, that's a martial thing. And so, if if you get into the habit of always putting people in authority sort of on a pedestal and not questioning them and and never doing that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing to be teaching people and it's it in all honesty as horrible as this sounds in my opinion, it's grossly un-American. Yeah. You know, our one of the great things about living in this country is that we can question and ridicule right. authority without fear of retribution. And I expect that 
you know, I, I would hope our students question us constantly in a respectful way. Right. And that's the difference is that. I agree. I, I was going to say the same thing. I, I think that is the difference. I think yeah. that you're just teaching them humility, period. And part of humility is never feeling right. like you're better than somebody else, that you can treat them with less respect than you'd want to be treated. That's right. Well, That's right. And, 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 and two, it's like, you know, um, when I'm in class, you know, with, with Chuck, Yeah. when I'm in class, I call him sir. Right. When I Me say too. something or he Me asks too. questions, I say, yes, sir. Yes. Da, 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 da. We're outside of class. Hey, Chuck, how's it going, man? Right. Da, 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 da. We're all even. Right. You know, and in class, when I'm teaching classes at Chuck's and Chuck answers a question of mine, he calls me sir. Right. It's not the fact that I have a black belt. It's the fact that I'm leading the, the class. class. And so everybody's on even ground there. And I would fully expect at some point in time our students would rise to the level where they could challenge us yeah. in a martial setting. And right. be a challenge for us. I would never want my students to always be like, no, 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 I can't ever, you know, really fight right. against him and really want to win because he's my instructor right. and he's better than me. I would never want that. I would fully expect that someday one of my students could probably take me. Yep. And I would freaking love the day that that happens. I remember one of the one of the the biggest smiles I got out of any instructor is uh, my Hapkido instructor when I was when I was younger. I was like sixteen or seventeen. And uh, it was during my last testing, which was uh, my assistant instructor test. And he said, you know, what, what do you hope to get out of, what, what do you want to do with your martial arts? I can't remember the exact phrasing of the question. And, uh, you know, he said, what do you hope to accomplish someday? And, and I said, I want to beat you. <laughs> you know, and he got this big grin on his face because I think to a good teacher, that's really what you hope for. Yes. Is that you bring up students and you train students that not, you know, beat you. I was young and I didn't really understand. Right. But, but the, it, as the spirit of what you said The spirit of it is... It's the is, passion. It, yeah. And, and, to see that your students are passionate about it and right. they're just there to get a workout. Right. And in all honesty, I would think that if... If one of our students, you know, ends up being a great forms martial artist and writes three books, that would be huge. I mean, awesome. they don't have to beat me in a fight. Right. Not that, that would be too difficult. But, <laughs> you know, if if they find themselves and if they advance the art and they... Yes. Th that's, that's my version of beat me. Right. You know? So, anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but... It's all good. Guess I'm going straight into a dead end. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I was focused on other things. Right. <laughs> so the school is going well, and we're eager to see our to, to have our second class. And I'm yes. I'm eager to, I'm, to. I think we're gonna have two more students. We are. Well, Christina. Christina yes. and Cisco. And, and Cisco and Ellie. My wife will be joining us. So we'll have so six three. students. Actually, three more students. Ooh, wow. Love six. It'll be a... Wow. That room was a lot smaller than I thought. Yeah. When we people like, started moving yeah. around, <laughs> I was like, oh boy, this is kind of a tiny room. Right. Well, let's see how it goes. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. So. Hopefully it'll go good. All right. So, anyway, thanks Outros. for listening. Uh, uh, the website is podzor.com, P-O-D-X-O-R dot C-O-M. Uh, and dig us and leave a comment on iTunes if, you're so, if you feel so inclined. I am Dan. I am the self uh, 
promoting fool. <laughs> Which in yeah. the tarot cards is actually the fool is a good one. So. Is it? Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Wow. There you go. Uh, Do they have a self-promoting fool in the tarot cards? No, just, just the fool. Okay, because that would be very specific. But the fool is very positive side, so... Yeah. That'd be very specific. Uh, I'm Sterling, and I get to go fix my bathroom sink. Oh, wonderful. Oh, man. That's I awesome, dude. Just give it a karate chop. Oh, karate chop! <laughs> Honey? Yes? Gotta you're, do an outro. Gotta do an outro. Uh, you're Jen. You're Jen. And... and Bye. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm Jen and I don't know what to say. That's, there you go. There you go. I know I was going to be forced to participate. <laughs> Stop and save.